You're listening to the Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, episode 111. Now, I'm really excited to give you this recap on the Powerful Women Dance Party that I just did last weekend as a part of a collaboration with Powerful You. So typically, when I do my own events, I am doing my own events, meaning everything from start to finish is happening, and I'm the one that's planning it, I'm the one that's coordinating, I'm the one that's choosing, with a little bit of help and direction from sponsors and other vendors, but it's pretty much all on me. So when Powerful You um, slash Powerful Women's Conference approached me about coordinating and hosting a women's dance party for their conference as like a pre-VIP event, I was really excited because... I didn't have to worry about a venue. I didn't have to worry about a DJ. And those are two of the biggest expenses that I typically have. And so I was I was like, yeah, let's do this. Um, it was in Salt Lake City, which is a little bit north of my audience. And so there were some hesitations that I had as far as like, you know, will my people come up? And they gave me a limited amount of tickets to sell to bring up my own people. Because again, after all, this event was for their conference. And so What I want to do is talk to you about some of the behind the scenes, the pros and cons of planning a dance party for someone else and kind of going from there. And just so you know, I'm holding nothing back in true Chelsea fashion. So from the get-go, again, not having to pay for two of the biggest expenses was a huge, huge, huge perk, right? However, I've had my same DJ, DJ Ricky. You guys know him. Shout out to DJ Ricky. Shout out to his podcast, Nobody Came Podcast. Um, I've been with him for two years, and I've had my fair share of DJs, and him and I have just got this down to a science. Like He's so good at working the crowd. He's so good at getting people involved. He just knows how to throw a good party, and so he really does a lot of the heavy lifting. And so this new DJ that they had, like I know how it is, but even just like texting him, um, everything was an, an additional charge. And so I was like, well, I don't want to, you know, rack up the cost on the conference because they're paying for him. And so I'll just, you know, it sounds like he's bringing light. Sounds like he's bringing his stuff. We'll be good. And so I ended up, you know, just going with that, sent him a playlist and I was like, okay, we're, we're good to go. Let's do this thing. And, um, just in communicating with him, he, he wasn't as like on the ball and communicative as my regular DJ. And so I was like, you know what? I have high hopes. Like this will be fine. Um, the event was at the Grand America up in Salt Lake city, which is a stunning, I don't know if it's a five-star hotel, but I mean, it's really high end. So just to give you (laughs) some background on this hotel, they typically have galas there and they will have tons of events, nonprofit events where they're using these ballrooms and it's not uncommon for them to be raising millions of dollars. So we've got our Dirty Licious themed party happening on one wing of the the ballroom and people are showing up in fishnets with no pants. And in the same hallway, people are walking down in a full suit, black tie, holding, you know, the hand of a woman in an evening gown. And so some of us felt slightly underdressed, um, even though our event was, you know, once you were in there, you were just fine. But my business partner, Erica, said it best. She's like, man, she came in. She was dressed like Beyonce from Coachella, like the short shorts, the white boots, and the crop top yellow hoodie. And she's like, I feel like a hooker coming to meet my man, which was so funny. I'm like, you nailed that, actually. That's pretty funny. So, um, you know, as we get to the event, the setup was a dream, you guys. Like, the setup was a dream. Normally, I'm coordinating, like, a stage rental guy. I'm coordinating a dance floor person. I'm coordinating food vendors. I'm coordinating all these things. And the Grand America, they had a very strict 
no outside food policy. So I actually didn't have to deal with like five of my normal vendors. And it was unfortunate because um, I couldn't have them there, but luckily they were also cooperative and we ended up doing food in the swag bag. So Rockstar Energy came and they put Rockstars in all the swag bags. And then we did cake from Maggleby's. I thought that Maggleby's, which is, if you're not familiar, Maggleby's Catering down in Springville, they do the most amazing chocolate cake. They're actually famous for their chocolate cake. And I thought they were going to do like a cupcake for each guest. Oh, they did a, a small cake. Like think of four normal size pieces of cake. They gave that like one cake, the size of four pieces of cake to every single guest. And it was amazing. It was amazing. So the Grand America had everything set up. So all I had to do was coordinate vendors and um, my balloon arch girl. So those of you that follow events by Janelle, she does the most amazing balloon arches. She came and did a balloon arch and then we had a photo booth and then I had volunteers come and they built up all the swag bags and we were honestly ready to go um, an hour after arriving. And so I quickly put all of the swag bags together with my volunteers. They were on the ball. We quickly set up a few centerpieces on the tables that were already set up with linens. And we brought some par lights from home. And for those of you that have been to one of my dance parties or seen pictures, we found these industrial fans from Home Depot. So it's just a typical large, you know, floor fan that we, I took some um, like faux silk and I sewed it into a tube that's about six feet high. And then we duct taped those tubes to the fans. So when you turn the fan on, it kind of looks like those wacky guys that you see at like the used car lot places that like go up and down. And then what we do is we stick one of the par lights, which is like a color changing light underneath the fan and the, and the fabric. And so then when you turn on the fan, it blows up. And then as it loses air, it kind of slouches down and then blows back up again and then slouches down, blows back up again. And the lights underneath that color change when you jump around, is just, it's so fun. And so I had that set up and I was like, okay, this is going to be great. And we were pretty much ready to rock and roll like two hours before we even opened the doors. So that was really, really nice. Um, but the problem was the DJ wasn't there yet. And so I was like, okay, well, let's test down. Let's figure out what we're doing. So the DJ finally shows up about 630, which is an hour before the event, which was fine. And uh, he's getting all set up. And so by the time he gets there, all the vendors start coming. We had Aveda, who was there from Center Salons doing a braid and glitter bar. And we had you know, uh, this, what was the, the sponsor for cell phones? I can't remember. They had some cell phone sponsor came, Erica came and she brought the dirty delicious crew. She brought the dirty letters and we put the letters on the stage. And so we started going and then the DJ still wasn't ready for us. And then by the time he got set up, someone was doing a concert after, after our dance party. And so he was rehearsing. And so it was one of those things that I'm like, okay, we had all this time and now I'm feeling a little stressed out because we haven't really tested music. We haven't really done anything. And of course, just as always, 7.30 starts. I'm like, okay, we got to turn on the music. We got to open the doors. And the DJ, you know, starts playing some Lizzo. I don't know what he plays. And we open the doors, let people in. And the Grand America had um, hors d'oeuvres and they had treats and they were serving all of this yummy food and beverages. And so, you know, the party was flowing. And then Erica jumps on stage to do a mini dirty delicious class. Now I'm not trying to like put anybody into a box, but I will definitely say that conference attendees, people who were interested in coming to a conference were wearing, you know, jeans or dresses that just weren't conducive to doing a dirty delicious class. And how, you know, how would they know? 
Um, again, it's their first time coming to a dance party, so they're not really prepared or equipped, but they did great. I encouraged all of them to come out and to try dancing and to try, um, to try something new, even if it was uncomfortable, even if it didn't feel like they were very good at it just to try something new. And so they came and I think after the dirty delicious glass, no joke, like 50% of the people that were there just like left and either left the party or went back to their rooms. And all of them had nothing but positive things to say, just like, oh yeah, it's not really my thing. Not really my, my scene, um, took their swag bag and then they went on their way. And so the party was in a 3000 square foot room and we had about a hundred people that stuck around. <laughs> and so it felt a little sparse. And for some reason, when it's sparse like that, the energy is just harder to keep the energy up. And then I don't know why I have no idea how, um, again, not, not somebody I've worked with before, but the DJ, he wouldn't play like he wouldn't mix the songs. He just played the playlist straight through. And so usually when you go to a party, you play the music, you play like the hype part of the song, maybe a verse or two, and then you merge it and, and mix it to the next song. No, this guy just played the full song. And so multiple times I'm like, hey, hey, can I get you to like play half the song? Can I get you to like, you know, mix this up a little? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then nothing. <laughs> so while the music was actually fine, um, it's hard because sometimes you're dancing and you're like, okay, I'm ready for the next song, you know, like to keep the energy high. So that was something that I was like, okay, I need to make sure that I have this conversation because that had never happened before. And so if you're ever hosting a dance party and you feel like the song is going long, that's totally, and like, I could feel it in the crowd. Maybe I'm just more intuitive or something. I don't know. But I was like, man, is it just me? Or is like, is this music not changing fast enough? And so I thought that was kind of an interesting thing, but I, again, I'm not a DJ. I don't know how it works. And I, I had never worked with this particular DJ before. And so I couldn't even, I couldn't tell you like what, what I was thinking or, or what I would have done differently if I was him, because I, I'm like, I have, I have no idea. Maybe he felt like everything was great, <laughs> but, um, the party ended, um, and we, ended up just picking up, you know, a few flower arrangements and clean up our lights. And then we were on our way done by 1030. It was nuts. Like normally when I do a dance party, we're out of there at like 1am, 2am. And oh, I forgot, I forgot the best part. So I had in advance asked the hotel, I said, you know, I have a confetti cannon I want to bring. And so, um, I, you know, where's the best place for outlets, blah, blah, blah. And the event coordinator was like, oh, absolutely. No confetti is allowed. And I was like, dang it. Okay, fine, fine, no confetti. I get that. I can respect that. But when I hear that no confetti is allowed, I didn't even I didn't even want to mention that I use toilet paper launchers. So for those of you that don't know or don't remember, I have leaf blowers that my husband um, attached a paint roller to the end of it. And then what we do is we attach a roll of toilet paper onto the paint roller. And then we turn on the leaf blower and it launches the toilet paper like 25 feet into the air and just runs the whole thing. And if you use one ply toilet paper, it actually works really well. And people just go crazy for it. So I didn't even ask for permission. I purposefully was like, we're just going to ask for forgiveness and not permission. And I had um, seven volunteers who I had instructed. I'm like, okay, part of our job before we can leave is we need to clean up every single teeny tiny piece of toilet paper um, after this. And that's what we're going to do in there. They all agreed. And so when the toilet paper started flying, the event coordinator came over and I was like, I swear to you, every single piece is going to be picked up. And he was like, 
no, you're totally fine. Like, as long as you get it cleaned up, I'm not even worried. He's like, people are having a good time. Let them just have a good time. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, even though I kind of snuck that in <laughs> without, without saying that I was going to do that, but it did help the energy. And if you got to see some of the videos on my Instagram stories, you got to see some of these women tangled up in toilet paper, having literally the time of their life. And so it was, it was a really good event. And as an event planner, I think sometimes, um, we beat ourselves up because you put so much time and work into making the space amazing and lining up all the sponsors for swag bags and getting someone to donate, you know, balloons and this and that and and all of the time and the coordination. And then when you feel like it's underattended, it almost feels like it's a reflection of you. And really, I think sometimes it's a reflection of just timing or that, you know, the event didn't get out to enough people and, and that's okay. It's not a big deal if, you know, if you did everything you can and it's underattended, I think the best thing you can do is use what you have and create some really, really cool content. Um, I tell this to event planners all the time. Like if you're going to throw a party, you don't actually need to have anyone show up for you to get good content from it. In the last episode, I talked about batching and thinking of, you know, how can I use this content and reuse this content to create multiple posts or multiple things to talk about on my Instagram or multiple things to share to help other people learn how to be better at parties and to showcase my skills as the expert. So I leveraged the heck out of all of those props and the beautiful things that were there. Um, And not just that, but for me, I'm like, okay, so maybe it wasn't the most well-attended event I've ever done. And maybe half of the people didn't resonate with the dance party itself or the messaging or the event in general. But that's okay because... I'd never had been able to work with the Grand America. And so being able to have that experience and to do a little bit of behind the scenes, even in such a small way, was such a, a cool thing for me. And I learned a lot from it, right? So a lot of times it's all going to come down to how you feel about an event and how you feel leaving the event, knowing you put everything out on the table and that you did the best you could. Um I don't know if I've ever told you about this, but I did an event, my Queen Bee event, and the event I did before it almost sold out. I was 10 tickets away from selling it out completely. And when I did the Queen Bee event, it was during spring break, and I had half the amount of people that attended the previous event. And because of that, I was in such a bad mood. I was in such a bad mood. And I just remember feeling like a failure and feeling like I was done and people didn't like me and that I couldn't put on good events. And it sucked. It feels... It feels like a personal thing when you do something and you think you do a good job and then you go to do the next one and you're like, what happened? Like, what am I missing? Like, I thought I had nailed this formula. I thought I was, you know, getting this and and now it doesn't seem like I am. And now this event is costing me money. And now this event is going to not have good pictures because the turnout is, isn't as good and people are going to judge it and blah, blah, blah. All of those, those things, those insecurities that you put into your own mind when really, um, because of that, I think that hurt me more because I didn't have good energy. I wasn't grateful for who came and they could tell, they could feel it. And so I decided after that, that regardless if five people came, 50 people came or 500 people came, that I was going to put all of my gratitude, all of my energy and happiness into whoever did come and be grateful for the experience. And at the end of the day, it still creates beautiful content. You still get beautiful pictures and you can still showcase exactly what you want to do. And so I wasn't really losing anything by having a 
good or bad attitude, but my perception is what made all the difference. So I want you to know that if you're putting events together, if you are struggling, if you are having a hard time, that it's okay to take a deep breath and to say, did I do everything I could to make this event amazing? Did I market this event as best as I could to have the interest and to have people excited about coming? And I find that that's usually where it is, is like, I want to do the work of putting the party together And then I struggle with the marketing of the event and I struggle with asking people to buy tickets and I struggle with, you know, pushing and banging that drum, banging that drum saying, come, 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 come. And that's honestly the secret, you guys, is you just need to get enough momentum of people saying, okay, I'm coming. This is great. I'll do it. I'll share. I'll be there. I'll buy a ticket. Because a lot of times the majority of your audience doesn't see what you post. You think they do, but they just don't. So it's okay to leverage multiple platforms and talk about your event coming up. It's okay to give away some free tickets and say, hey, in exchange for this free ticket, would you mind promoting this on your page? And kind of leveraging what you have to work with so that you can really exhaust all of your options because it's not just throwing the event when you're doing your own. It's marketing the event as well and making sure that you get a good enough turnout so that people again, know what's happening and can even share it with their friends. So, um, as I walked away from that event, uh, again, I was like the best night's sleep I had ever gotten after an event and it turned out so well. And the people from the conference were happy. They were so thrilled. They're like, this is so great, which again is, is such a relief because as the one putting it together. And again, as somebody who, if you guys have listened to the podcast, you know, I really thrive on words of affirmation and being told that I'm good and that I did something good. It was really nice for them to tell me that they were really ecstatic with the results and happy with the turnout and how everything looked. And from the client perspective, again, like I made the client happy. And so that's what ultimately at the end of the day is going to count. And so I hope that as you're going through your week, planning events for yourself or your clients, that you know that a lot of the struggles, those inner monologues are going to come from you. And so really check your mindset as you're going into your week and your events so that you can produce the types of events that you need to, and that you can get out of your own way. So I want to thank you as always for not only listening to the podcast, but sharing and writing reviews. If you love what you hear, if you feel like this podcast is speaking to your heart and soul, would you please do me the honor and write me a review? I am so grateful for each one. I read each one and it helps me to know how to direct the show to give you more of the content that you want. So thank you again, and I'll catch you in the next episode.